stand back up. All stand back up. Yeah, please. Oh, we're all standing back up. Look, I feel really sad that we missed out what morning service missed out on this morning, and Matt really set it up nicely for me. So we're going to do the chicken dance. And I need you guys to do the music because we don't have the music. So how's it go? How do we start? Ready? Out the back, keep going. Okay, we're good. We're good. Remember to buy the chickens after the service. Um, thanks for the participation. I loved it. It also helps me with my nerves. So, um, Before we start, I'll just pray for you guys um, and pray for me and what God's doing here tonight. Dear Lord, I thank you uh, for your presence. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the worship that we've just had, praising your name. Um, I just pray that as we... Yeah, listen to what you have to say through me tonight, um, that we'll have our hearts open, our minds um, ready, um, our ears listening, um, and that we'll, yeah, be challenged by, or even just, um, yeah, challenged by what you have to say. Um, And I thank you for who you are. Uh, Thank you for the rain on summer, um, the first summer day. Thank you for that, um, as the farmers have needed it. Amen. Cool. It is really bright where I'm standing, so I'm just going to move this back a bit unless you can fix that. Okay, so church, which I've got a slideshow, so that's pretty cool. I need to make sure I use that. I've never used this thing before, so bear with me. Okay, cool. So church, why church? It's boring, it's unrelatable, and frankly, it's just full of old people. No offence. I can't even be bothered going. It's just some place that mum and dad forced me to go to. It's just some, somewhere that they take us to go to. Um, they make us do weird things at church, like the chicken dance. Um, why am I even here? Why do I even have to go? I never get anything out of it. I never feel challenged or uplifted. I just leave the same as I go in. I could probably just listen to a podcast on my couch in the comfort of my own home in my Snuggie. Or I could just listen to Christmas, uh, Christmas, Christian music, like that's enough, yeah? No one would even notice if I didn't turn up. All I need to do is listen to a sermon and then catch you later. I am out of here. What even is the point of church? I'm a Christian, but do I even need church? Has anyone been here? Anyone thought any of those things? Come on, let's have some honesty here. Okay, maybe not. I'll just leave. <laughs> um, sorry, lost my spot. Um, over the last three weeks, we have been looking at the importance of scripture, prayer, and worship. But tonight, I am wrapping it all up with the significance of church in the life of a disciple. Now, I'm super excited to be talking about this because, first and foremost, I'm excited about Jesus. Um, But I'm also excited about this community that comes together in the name of Jesus. I'm passionate about the church, the community, and the fellowship that is here. And my hope is that by the end of this service, that you'll see God's heart behind why he created the church and why you are here. So the question I have is, why did God invent the church? It's a question that deserves a little bit more of a thought than just showing up. 
the church didn't just happen. It was God made and God instructed. It didn't just happen randomly. The church has been created by God for a purpose and everything that God makes is good, even when we don't realise it at first. But I think I need to lay this out on the table for you guys um, because the building that we are in is not the church. Now stay with me here because it may be called Wodonga District Baptist Church, but it is not the church. The root meaning of church is not a building, but of people. Now Jesus started this movement. He started it when he first gathered his disciples together and they continued to meet after he died on the cross for us. Which is what we know now as church. Now, the Bible never really refers to church as a building, but always the people. It says in Romans 16:5, greet also the church that meets at their house. Church exists whenever we meet in Jesus' name. Matthew 18:20, for where two or three gather in my name, the name being Jesus, there am I with them. Church meaning the people. The gathering of people for church within this building is important for the followers of Jesus. Why did God invent the church and call us to live in community? Tonight, to delve into that question, I want to read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 27. So if you have got your Bibles, read them up, open them up. And I'd love for you to go away from this service and read this this passage everyone there? Okay. Just as, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honourable we treat with special honour, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now I want you to keep this passage in mind tonight we can take a closer look at God's intentions for the church within this passage. The church is where believers, the body of Christ, 
can fully apply what I like to call the body principles. We can understand this by looking at our own body. Our body has many parts, many on the outside. It's got legs, it's got arms, it's got toes, it's got feet, it's got nose, it's got arms, it's got, it's got heaps of things. And on the inside, organs like your heart, your brain, your liver, your gallbladder, whatever that is, and even other systems within our body. We could be here forever, literally the list goes on, because I tried to Google it, like how many parts make up the body, um, but when I Googled, I just ended up in a rabbit hole. Um, but I did find out that body, cards, body parts cost a lot of money. Um, <laughs> for at least 45 million for all the good ones, that's how much you could sell them for. But please don't leave church um, and sell your body parts because that's not living. And it's totally off topic. Um, but just as, just as a body has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. The church is the body and Jesus is the head of the body, the authority over us all. God has put this body together and he continues to add to this body. But there is purpose as to why you are here. He's mixed different parts of the body together with a specific purpose in mind. The church is a place where people can learn, grow and mature together. It's where we can unpack his word like we are tonight. It's where we can grow in our knowledge of him and grow in our obedience to his commands so that we may be unified in our purpose. As we do this together, we are being sharpened. Proverbs 27 verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Church has been created where we can freely read his word together and apply his truths. We can pray for each other's struggles. We can celebrate each other's wins. We can worship and praise his name together. We can challenge each other in love. We can encourage each other in our walks. And we can keep each other accountable in our words and our actions. As we all strive to grow and become mature in our likeness of Jesus. Church is a place where we can be real, we can be vulnerable and we can be honest with each other about where we're at in life, in our faith and as a disciple. Now, if you aren't honest or real or vulnerable with where you are at, then you can't expect to be sharpened to be more like Jesus. It's like going to the gym consistently with a personal trainer. Now, I've never experienced this because I hate, I mean, highly dislike the gym with a passion. Um, but my sister is a really good personal trainer from what I've seen. Um, haven't been, but have seen her um, do her thing. Um, and she would create a program for you based off your needs and your goals. So you would have a conversation with her about, you know, what you're kind, kind of aiming to do, where you're at, what your skill level's at. Um, and... She would make that program and then whilst you're doing it, she would correct your form um, if you're doing it wrong, encourage you to keep going. There might be a little bit of yelling in there, um, but she'll challenge you to do better and she'll see you transform into a fitter and healthier version of yourself. Just like the gym, the church is important for disciples to help sharpen us to be more like Christ. So as we grow and mature together 
as a church, it's a place where we can learn to submit and love one another. Ephesians 5 verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another, not only to Jesus as Lord, but to those who are in this building, within this church and within this community, including those who God has put in authority over us, our pastors, shout out to Thorpo and Hodjo, um, our elders and our leaders. Why don't we ever call you that, by the way? Don't know. Anyway, it's catching on. Um, The church provides us with spiritual protection because of the authority and the leaders who have been called by God to lead us, to lead the flock of God. They are charged with the huge responsibility to have spiritual oversight and care for us. Hebrews 13 verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Now, we are pretty lucky here to have pastors, um, and we're lucky to have the pastors that we have, who are willing to protect, care for, and tend to the body of Christ that they are also a part of. They lead us to learn as we learn how to be better disciples. They encourage unity. They pray with us and for us. They worship with us and get us to worship together. They keep people accountable and sometimes they have to do the hard job of rebuking disciples when order has come apart or when someone is caught up in sin. They also, with the Holy Spirit's help, of course, they prayfully make decisions that affect where this church is going or where our tithes will go, all whilst keeping the focus on Jesus and who he is. They do this because they love us. They want us to know Christ to our fullest potential. I guess you could call them the head gym trainer, even though they, I don't know if they go to the gym or not. Now, it's also super important that we respect, submit, and have confidence in our leaders. We should also continue to pray for, love, and thank our leaders who are serving daily to build up this church. Submit and love one another. Not only our pastors, elders and leaders, but even those sitting right next to us, in front of us and behind us. There is the call to love one another. This is super easy if the others in church are exactly like you or they're exactly like me, but we're not exactly the same. The church is made up of many different parts, yet one body, the body of Christ. Look around. There's not a single person here that's exactly the same as the other. Each member here is unique, distinctive, irreplaceable, and unrepeatable. We are different from one another because God's plan was always to mould us together into a unified body of Christ. We differ from one another, and only God, who has created us in this way, can hold us together. John 4 verse 19, we love because he first loved us. This can be hard. I know it's hard because it's something that I've definitely struggled with, to love those who annoy me. (laughs) And I continually ask God to help with that. And sometimes he, you know, makes it super easy and sometimes it's really hard. But it's a daily action that we have to choose. 
it's hard to love people who don't think the same, who don't speak the same, or who don't act the same. It's also hard to continue loving someone who's hurt you in the past. But what we have to remember is that we're all human. We are all individuals, and we have to remember that we're all here for the same reason. We are still learning to be like Christ in every moment. Yet we still sin, we still make mistakes, and we can still hurt others by our words and our actions. This is where we have to learn to submit, where we have to keep on loving. We have to be forgiving just as Jesus forgave us. We have to learn to listen and to make sure others feel heard because most of the time, if we're not listening, we are missing the bigger picture and we're undervaluing someone else that's in the body. It's up to us to lean into the Holy Spirit to keep the peace within the body because each part of the body is needed. Let's not subconsciously or purposely try to amputate any part of the body that needs to be here. So this means that we need to respect and submit to those in authority and we need to serve one another humbly in love and in humility value others above yourself for we are all one in Jesus. As we grow and mature, learn to submit and love one another, it's a place where we show who we are and use our gifts to serve. So John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The church is where God does most of his work. It's there again, he's calling us to love one another. He says it three times. He's called us to love one another so that others may know that we are his disciples. 100%, we need to love those that are outside of this wall, including the poor, the sick, the vulnerable and the outcast. We wouldn't be doing Jesus' work if we chose to neglect them. But if someone new was to walk in through these doors tonight who didn't know what any of this was about, do you think that they would see that we are Jesus' disciples? What would they see? Would they see the qualities that reflect God's love, glory and grace? Or would they see division, separation, anger, jealousy, pride, disrespect? Or even down to the more noticeable social structures, cliques and groups, isolation, loneliness, or even an unwelcoming church. It's our job to work together as the body of Christ so that others know who we represent and who we are as Jesus' disciples. Now, the church also provides a place where we can exercise our unique gifts in an environment where there are others who are also using their gifts. The Holy Spirit has given each of us gifts if we choose to believe in him. And he gives us those gifts so that we can help to build up the body of Christ. Now, there is a range of gifts. And these gifts 
are to reflect God's intention to see them and use them to build up the body of Christ. Every person has their gift, every gift has its place, but they must all be used to build up the church in unity and in love. Now, it's sort of like our functions of the body. Eyes are used to see, skin is used to protect the organs and keep us all together. Um, The arms are used to help our hands, to grab things, to grab a drink if we need it. Um, And our heart is used, used to keep us alive. Now, there are heaps of body parts that we have that have specific purposes and roles. Now, if we don't use these, not that we have complete control over them, but if we chose not to use them for whatever reason, um, our body would probably look like this. Pretty useless. Like, I'm pretty sure I would be dead. We know what happens when our bodily functions don't work. We most likely die. Now, the church is God's literal hands, mouth and feet in the world. The church is the body of Christ. We need to be doing the things that Jesus would do if he was here physically on earth, including using the gifts that he has given us to help us do that. We, the church, all of you here tonight, are to be Christ-like to build up the church in unity and in love, using the gifts and showing others love. Now, as we grow and mature, learn to submit and love one another, be his disciples and use our gifts, we become unified. Our relationship that we have with God is personal and it's often private. It's a one-on-one relationship where we spend time with him in word, in prayer um, and through worship. We can do all of these things by ourselves. However, the church is a place where we can do all of these things together and express the unity of the body of Christ, something that we can't demonstrate if we are lone rangers. If we are truly the body of Christ, if we truly call ourselves his disciples, we can't do that alone. We can't just expect that what we need from church is just a good sermon. Because most likely, if we do think like that, we won't get anything out of it. The body of Christ needs to be complete and unified. We, as the people who believe in Jesus, are part of this body. So what does that mean for us? Well, it means we need to be present not only because it has value for us as individuals, as we grow as disciples, but we need to be present for the health of others in the, bo- in the body. Wait, what? But we need to be present for the health of others in the body. Did I, is that what I wrote? <laughs> we need to be here for others. Well, here I was thinking that it was all about me, all about my needs, and all about what I need to get out of it. The church is often referred to as the hospital for the broken. We are open for the broken. We are open for others. Now, this is the way that I like to imagine it. I imagine a piece of pottery made from clay that's been broken into many, many pieces, each piece unique in the way that it has been broken. Piece by piece, God is putting that pot back together. 
but there are many pieces missing. And this pottery will never be complete until all the pieces are ready to be glued back in. Or just like the human body, we can't function without every single, the, every single piece of the body actively functioning and working. I want to take a look back at um, verse 15 to 20. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted it to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Now, I'm almost 100% certain that someone here needs to hear this. You are valuable to the body of Christ. You could be the missing eye or the missing leg or the missing arm or a vital organ that the body needs. We could be missing you. We need you. Maybe you're new here tonight and you have no idea what's going on. Um, or maybe you just have no idea who Jesus is. Or even you, all of you, who are sitting here tonight. Or the people who chose not to come along tonight. Because maybe some of the reasons that I mentioned earlier. You are valuable to the kingdom of God. His body, his church. You are an important piece of the body. God has placed you right here, right now, to be a part of the body, the church. So if all of this, all of the things that we've talked about, is what church is supposed to be like, what stops us from looking like this? We need to be present. We need to be present for the health of others in the body to build up the body of Christ. Now, a wise woman uh, inside of our church, Renata Bond, said to me not long ago, you need to be what you want to see in a church. How could we not want to be in a community that is supposed to look like this? I know that it can be hard and feeling like you're putting yourself out there but God never intended on you doing it alone. As we be present, we enable others to do the same. It means that we have access to all of these other things. If we, every single one of us here tonight, were actively being present and applying all of these things, we would see a church full of people sharpening each other, loving and submitting to each other clearly showing ourselves to be his disciples and using our gifts to build up the body of, of Christ and sharing his love to those who need it. It's about making the choice to be present and gathering in Jesus' name. Yes, this church, but it's also the youth group. It's also the young adults. It's also the kids' church, the small groups 
and all the other ministries that we use and have to gather in his name. Being present and intentional here in loving each other, submitting to each other, sharpening each other is all crucial for a church that is aiming to be more like Christ. Um, Before I wrap up, the band can come up, but I want to share a story that's in Acts chapter 2. We see a preview of a church, of the church, right after Jesus rose again to heaven. Jesus had told them, wait here, wait together in Jerusalem for his promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, I can imagine just as they were waiting together, they were praying together, sharing scripture, encouraging one another, and reminding each other of all the things that Jesus did whilst they wait for his promise. Maybe some of them started to doubt and wonder if this promise would actually come or if they were any value to Christ. But it finally came on the day of Pentecost. All of these followers of Jesus were all together in the one place and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit on that day. This church... Everyone together, unified on the same page, growing and maturing, all for the same purpose. We see them continue this daily. Then in Acts 2, verse 46 to 47, we read, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their home and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We can see that they continued to share in this fellowship, to continue submitting to each other and loving each other and sharpening each other. But then we see in verse 47, we see the church grow. Why? Why do we see the church grow? Who wouldn't want to be a part of this community? They sharpened each other, submitted and loved one another, pursued God together, exercised their gifts, and they were individually present and unified in the body of Christ. They were the church. Now, this is a beautiful example of the church God intended. And it's why he calls us to live in community together. So before I pray for everyone here tonight, I want us to read 1 Corinthians 12, 27 one more time. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your word and um, what you've put on my heart. Um, And I just pray that as we spend this last time um, worshipping you and praising your name together, um, that we'll reflect on what you intended the church to be. who you intended the church to be, the people of this church. Um, I pray that they can, um, yeah, just seek you and know you and um, love you, but also do that together in the way of loving each other, submitting to one another, um, sharpening each other, showing others who they are as disciples, using their gifts that they've been given by you to help them in this process. Um, And I just pray that, yeah, we can just enjoy the fellowship after church today Um, and continue to apply this daily, um, that this church is important and we should be pouring ourselves into it um, so that we may build the body of Christ up. Um, I thank you that you're such a kind and loving God who sacrificed everything for us 
um, if we choose to be in your community. I pray that we do that wholeheartedly and, and be present within that um, so that we can be um, the church that you intended it to be. Amen.